Welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble. Introducing first, fighting out of the neutral corner, the undisputed, undefeated, baddest boxing podcast on the planet. And now, your host. Eric Finally! Hey guys, hope all is well. Um, thank you for tuning in to the initial episode of the baddest boxing podcast on the planet, aka the king of boxing podcasts. I'm your host, Eric Grimbo. And first and foremost, I just want to thank you for tuning in, actually for downloading this this podcast and uh, giving it a try, giving it a listen. Um, I will say that, you know, it's been a little while that I've been planning this podcast or t- planning to put it together. So um, you're actually listening to the initial finished product of episode one, that is. And uh, again, I thank you for listening. And I just want to say I, I hope you have a little bit of patience as this thing grows and progresses because um, it will get better and better each week or each episode rather. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to do an episode every week. Um, as you guys can understand, uh, you know, life, work, kids, family kind of gets in the way of uh, these extracurricular things. So I just ask for you to be patient. Um, what my goal is with this is to put together um, a quality episode, um, at least as quality as I can get it, um, every two weeks. Uh, that way it kind of gives us an idea of what fights have gone on, what fights are, are coming up. And uh, we could discuss other events in the in the boxing world. Um, so to give you a background of why I wanted to do this, um, I'm very passionate about boxing. It's been something that's been near and dear to my heart my, my entire life. Uh, my family is uh, big-time boxing fans. I've been a boxing fan, again, since as far back as I can remember. Um, different individuals in my family did box, um, my grandfather in particular. So we kind of grew up around it, um, again, from a young age. And I just fell in love with the sport. And, you know what, I know that there's a lot of different boxing podcasts out there that you guys probably could be listening to. Um, I don't I don't know their formats. I, I don't know how much detail they go into or how much they put it out. And, I, again, I'm not really comparing myself to anybody because I don't know what the competition would be in this, in this arena. But my goal with this is just to kind of give you a solid product that, you know, you guys can really listen to and hopefully enjoy and hopefully cover some events that, you guys may be thinking are important uh, on the boxing scene um, and, and just kind of discuss them. And, and again, if there's events that you think um, I'd like, you'd like me to cover or you'd like to talk about or to get my opinion on, um, again, that'll help facilitate this and make it an even better product because you may come up with an idea that I may miss um, and that in turn may benefit other listeners because ultimately as a fan base, I think we all just want to be the most informed. I think it's fun to talk about boxing. I think it's fun to talk about potential matchups. I think it's fun to uh, even come up with hypothetical matchups and just kind of get people's different opinions. You know, um, you know, what if Lomachenko took on Triple G? You know, crazy stuff like that. You know, uh, we could go on for days with that. But I, I think those type of things 
really uh, get the creative juices flowing. They get the conversation started, and uh, you know, people people get very passionate and emotional about certain things like that. So it's good to kind of bring it out there. It's good to force that stuff out there to the uh, to the mass public. And uh, again, get the get the ball rolling and see what we could come up with. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm looking at doing this podcast once every two weeks. And the podcast themselves should be anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how much material there is to cover for that episode and that session. Because as you guys know, some weeks um, are, are a lot busier in the boxing world than other weeks are. Uh, like this week, we had some pretty... Uh, Pretty cool stuff out there with, uh, I think, Charlo calling out Triple G, um, Canelo talking about taking on Saunders. Um, I think I think something about Pavetkin fighting uh, uh, Dylan White, I think, up in the heavyweight division. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. And I think it's stuff like this that really makes it exciting to be a boxing fan. Um, I, as, a, as a boxing purist, um, I, I truly think we're in the stages of a boxing renaissance right now. I really cannot remember this much talent. Um, in the sport uh, for some time, and and while you know I don't think it compares to the late '80s, early '90s, um, it's still very good. It's a very good time to be a fan of boxing. I mean, you got you got multiple heavy hitters, uh, literally and figuratively, in the uh, in all divisions across the sport. So very exciting, and um, yeah, a lot of interesting topics coming up, a lot of interesting matchups coming up, which should pave the way for some exciting times well into the future for boxing. With that being said, let's talk about the here and now. Specifically, let's talk about the middleweight division. Without a doubt, I think you have Triple G and Canelo at one and two of the middleweight division right now. Depending on who you favor, you know, it may be it may be vice versa. Personally, I think Triple G should deserve the number one spot right now. Then after them, I think you got Danny Jacobs, um, Billy Joe Saunders, this kid from the Ukraine, uh, Sergey Derevyevchenko. Um, who seems like a uh, seems like a beast? I think he's up there as well. Um, and then I'd say Jamel Charlo, uh, David Lemieux, um, the uh, boxer from Japan, Murata, um, I think Andrade, and I think that's I think that's about it for the top top boxers in the middleweight division right now. Um, with that being said, I'm curious with Jamel Charlo. Um, no doubt, him and his brother are extremely, I'm sorry, I'm saying Jermel, I mean Jermal, Jermal Charlo, um, I think him and his brother are both ex- exceptionally talented, um, exceptionally gifted, and I think they could potentially be the future of their respective divisions, both Jermal in middleweight and Jermel in uh, super welterweight. Um, I think, though, that Charlo calling out Triple G or the WBC making making Charlo the mandatory, I don't know, I I. I I have some I have some issues with that because I think that there is a lot of other fighters that Charlo should be fighting right now. Um, personally, why you know I think that he would be a good candidate to to maybe take on a David Jacobs, maybe a David Lemieux. To let's see, you know, we know he's good. We know Charlo's good. How good is he though? You know, I, I think that we really haven't seen that yet, and I'm not saying it can't be brought out of him. I'm not saying he isn't that good, but is he ready to jump into the upper elite of the division? And let's be honest, I mean, Jorge Sebastian Highland and Hugo Santano Jr. are not exactly world beaters in their own right. I mean, to go from that to Triple G, I would say, you know, you, you may have to 
you may have to prove your worth in the middleweight division. The middleweight division is rich in talent. Um, I did see something out there today that Charlo uh, was calling out Billy Joe Saunders, um, which could be intriguing. Um, I think that um, you know Billy Joe Saunders possesses surprisingly a lot of talent, and I will be the first one to admit that I did not really pay attention to him too much until his fight with David Lemieux. And personally, I went into that fight thinking that David Lemieux was going to knock his block off because, I mean, I didn't think that Sanders had the resume. Um, I didn't think that he brought the uh, the skill set that he did. But I was thoroughly impressed. And I'm surprised to actually hear a middleweight, uh, you know, I know he's the interim champion, but we're going to call him a contender right now, Charlo, a, a contender calling out Sanders because that's something that you haven't really heard. Uh, with the exception of just recently Canelo, saying he'll take on Saunders. But for the most part, middleweight fighters have been hesitant to call out Saunders because why? I think they know he's skilled. A, he's a big body. C, he move, B, he moves around the ring well. And C, he's long in the ring. And D, he knows how to cut off the ring and walk you down. He's not going to, he'll stand in front of you and, and make you miss and, and counter you. And I think that scares a lot of people. Um, I think that scares a lot of the, the, the bigger middleweights. I think it scares Triple G, to be honest with you. And I think it scares Canelo as well. I think um, a Saunders-Canelo fight might not work out the way we, we may think uh, with Canelo losing that fight. I, I think potentially Canelo has the, has a chance to lose that fight. I think Canelo could lose to Danny Jacobs as well. Um, Charlo, yet to be determined. I, I don't know what he he can bring to the table against some of the upper elite of the division. Um, I would like to see you know, I would like to see Charlo really, uh, really show his uh, his skills against against better competition, and then I think we'll get a better picture of what he what he's going to bring. I, I no doubt the pedigree's there, no doubt the ability's there, um, but how much ability, how much pedigree, we just don't know yet. Not at that division. But I will say this about Saunders: I think that him staying mostly over in England and and kind of being protected over there, it makes him look as though he's a um, he's an easy target. And for him, I would say get your name out there. Start, you know, start fighting a little bit more internationally. You know, that's of course Eddie Hearn, you know, trying to make that happen. Um, but I mean, a Charlo um, Billy Joe Saund- Saunders fight would be phenomenal right now. I think for the I think it'd be phenomenal for Charlo. Um, I think that would be a I think that would be an excellent fight for him if he can get it. The problem is I don't think that these big promoters are going to take the chance with Charlo because. They don't know what he can bring to the table. A, they, they see on paper what he can bring, but they don't know what he could do to their fighter. And it, it could be devastating. However, I, I do believe Sanders is a lot better than what people give him credit for. Um, with that being said, if I was Danny Jacobs right now, you know, I, I'd definitely be jumping up and down for uh, a shot at, at uh, uh, Saunders as well. I'd be jumping up and down for a shot at Charlo. I think that that would be a phenomenal fight at middleweight. Um, they're both big bodies. Um, I think Danny Jacobs got the edge in that in that side of the house as far as size goes. Potentially, um, I think he's taller, but um, I think that that would be a good test for Charlo. Um, I think that Lemieux would be a good test for Charlo. I think Lemieux would be a great fight with Canelo. Unfortunately, we would never see that because it's two Golden Boy fighters. But I think that they would be tailor made for each other with uh, Lemieux's. You know, head down, bull rush style, and Canelo's ability to counterpunch, I think it would be an exciting fight for as long as it lasted. Um, and we all know Lemuse, a, 
a tank. He could take a shot, and we know Canelo could take a shot as well. But very exciting fight. Unfortunately, the chances of that happen are slim to none. But regardless, we'll see where the future goes with uh, with Charlo. Uh, either way, he should bring some excitement to the division, some more excitement rather. Um, and we'll see who his next victim is going to be. Something interesting on the uh, Leo Santa Cruz uh, Abnomares undercard, his brother uh, is fighting Austin Trout, which uh, if you guys remember, um, Jamal Charlo uh, took him the distance. So we'll see if Jamal can make uh, quicker work or do the same thing to Trout, uh, who's a very good fighter in his own right. Um, Jamal, he looks pretty solid down at uh, Super Welterweight as well. Um, I think he... He has got to be one of the dominant forces in that division. I think him and Hurd um, need to collide um, with Hurd being a big body himself down there. I mean, these two together should be able to provide plenty of excitement for the division for some time to come. And I'll be honest with you, I would not be surprised. He Hurd is the one that I think is going to make the quicker jump to, uh, to middleweight. Because uh, if you guys have ever watched him, uh, that kid is a big body for junior middleweight man i i mean he he looks like he could bring the power up to middleweight no problem and boy he, he can take some shots too as well he can absorb some some punishment but he dishes it out as well so a very exciting time for the uh super welterweight junior middleweight division and speaking of excitement let's talk about the lightweight division with now lomachenko coming in and taking the uh the strap away from linares a phenomenal fight guys if you haven't had a chance to catch it by now you probably should have um, much credit to Linares. Um, to be honest with you, I thought he may have had that fight in the bag. Um, it was very close, I think, on the scorecards. I think it was. Uh, I think it was split um, down the middle at the time of the stoppage. But uh, you know, much credit to Linares. Even more credit, more so to Lomachenko. Um, I think he showed something to the boxing world that yes, he could take a shot, get up, and still continue on. He definitely showed that he can bring some power to the lightweight division, but more importantly than that, he brings um, an extra spark, if you will, to the lightweight division. Now, granted, we all know Mikey Garcia is the leader in that division, for sure. He, he's the the, uh, the top of the line in that division right now. However, after him, you know, you have, uh, take Lomachenko out of the picture, that is, you got Robert Easter, and I think you got uh, Beltran up there. Now, no disrespect to either one of those fighters. Um, I don't think that they're on the same level as um, Mikey Garcia. Um, I think it's it was inevitable for Mikey to clear out that division um, and basically potentially be the uh, the undisputed champ in, that, in the lightweight division. I think with um, Lomachenko coming up now, that is going to breathe a lot more life into that division. And I think it was a now, I think it's a good call that Lomachenko jumped up there, um, you know, especially since he beat, he beat Linares. I think there's more, more so the excitement of him fighting Garcia potentially in the future is better than, um, you know, anything he would have had at featherweight or, you know, or at super featherweight, rather. Um, I, I don't think uh, they would have brought the same level uh of excitement as far as opponents go with, with that being said, uh, no disrespect to, uh, Miguel Burkel or, uh, uh, rock, rock him or Machado from, uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, those guys are good in their own right. I just don't think that a Lomachenko Burkel or a Lomachenko Machado is as good as a Lomachenko Garcia potential matchup. 
Um, so with that being said, those two, Garcia and Lomachenko in the same division, very exciting, very intriguing. Um, I personally, I cannot see Lomachenko beating Garcia. Um, and that's not a knock on Lomachenko. Look, guys, we all know he's special. We all know he is, I mean, the guy is phenomenal. However, I just don't foresee him... Granted, yes, he proved that he does bring some power up to lightweight against Linares. But let's be honest, Linares, with all due respect, is not Mikey Garcia. Um, Mikey Garcia is, is built like you know, he's built like a little tank. Um, he's more compact. I think that Lomachenko um, is going to have a very hard time with him. You know, Mikey, as far as being kind of compact, he is kind of long in the sense that you know he he may not. Lomachenko, that is, may not be able to stand on the outside too long. I think I think Mikey Garcia can cut off the ring. Um, it will be very, very interesting to see how those two match up. But it could be it could be tailor made for a great a great fight because they're they're both gifted. I mean, Lomachenko with his athleticism um, and his boxing skills, Mikey Garcia with just his his ability to to track you down and beat you down. Um, I think it's it's phenomenal, but in the interim, I think with I like what what Mikey Garcia is doing. I think he's going to go take out Robert Easter um, again. No disrespect to Easter, I think he should be able to handle Easter pretty easily. Now the fight I'd like to see, I would like to see Lomachenko take on Beltran. Um, Beltran is I think we got to admit he's definitely slower than Lomachenko. Not too many people are faster than Lomachenko. Um, he's a little bit older, um, so I think. I think right there, Lomachenko should be able to beat him, but he is a veteran. He is he has a lot of ring savvy. He's a bigger body for sure. He should be able to withstand the punishment. I would say that um, in comparison, Beltran to Linares, I think Linares was a better fighter, both athletically and you know physically. So I think Beltran should be beatable by Lomachenko. And I think what that's going to do is that right there is going to pave the way for a unification fight between both Mikey and uh, uh, Vasily Lomachenko. And uh, that would be big money for both those guys and big money for us as boxing fans because that, that would be just phenomenal to see. Uh, something like that, I, I, you know, I think we definitely would be, uh, we'd be talking about for, for days or weeks after that for sure. Now, speaking of intriguing matchups, uh, the welterweight division. Well, first and foremost, I, I think we have a fight coming up here um, that's not necessarily intriguing, but um, the fighters are definitely trying to make it as such. And that's uh, Jeff Horn versus uh, Bud Crawford. Um, personally, uh, this is no disrespect to Jeff Horn. I think that he lost that Manny Pacquiao fight probably the same way as many of you feel. However, um, I don't foresee him having a chance against um, Bud Crawford. And again, that's that's not trying to disrespect Horn. Um, what he did against Pacquiao, you know, he 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 went the distance. He got the majority decision. Um, however, I just I think Crawford is a different animal. Um, I think that he's too big. Even even though he you know he's coming up uh, to the welterweight division, he's too big. He's too long. He's too fast. Um, he's too gifted, and I think he's got too much power for Horn. And, and I per- personally, I see that fight. If it lasts more than five rounds, I, I would be thoroughly surprised, to be quite honest with you. I, I don't think Horn possesses the power to, to slow down um, to slow down Crawford. 
I mean, he didn't even have the power to slow down an older Pacquiao. Um, I just think that because their sizes were so similar, uh, maybe with Horn having the edge as far, as far as height goes, that probably is why I gave Pacquiao a little bit more of a challenge than it should have. Uh, nine times out of ten, I think Pacquiao beats Horn. Um, ten times out of ten, I think Crawford beats Horn. Um, I, I don't really see that fight going the distance. And uh, if you guys disagree, please let me know. Um, but with that being said, Crawford coming up to the welterweight division. Oh, my God. What a uh, what a talent-rich division, much like the middleweight division. Um, obviously, you got uh, Thurman, who still, you know, obviously he still has his uh, recovering from his uh, elbow surgery or whatever. Um, but he should come back here soon. Probably by the fall, we may see him. Uh, hopefully he takes on Earl Spence, who's who's been phenomenal in all his fights so far. Um, then of course we got Pacquiao. Um, he looks, you know, he never gets, <laughs> never seems to get old. Um, we'll see, we'll see what he brings to the table here. Um, Danny Garcia as well. Sean Porter still in the mix. Uh, Kel Brook is still, you know, back where he needs to be. Um, Jesse Vargas. Um, and Lamont Peterson, I, I'm not sure how much more he's got left in him, but, uh, you know, he's still around. Um, and then Matisse, uh, you know, again, we don't know how much how much he's got left in the tank, but um, we'll see. But, again, the welterweight division brings a lot to the table right now. I think with Crawford jumping in there, um, it's inevitable that Thurman, Spence, Crawford, um, and even throw Porter in the mix, I, I think they're all going to come – to a head eventually and, and fight each other, and I, I think that's going to be for some. That's going to make for some exciting times um, in the welterweight division. And then I just want to take a look at the uh, super middleweight division real quick. Um, two fighters that, um, if you guys haven't heard of, um, I think basically can can clear through that division. That's uh, David Benavides and uh, Gilberto Ramirez. If you haven't seen those two fight. Um, they are pretty special, I think, and uh, they're heading for each other soon, I think. I, I don't foresee uh, George Groves or uh, DeGale um, giving them any any potential friction uh, on their way to clearing out the division. Um, those two, they if they ever fight, that should be a very good fight right there. But I think, uh, I think Ramirez is probably the one to watch at super middleweight. Um, he's a big kid, um, possesses some solid power, and uh, just looks good. I... I don't think he'll ever jump up to light. I, I don't know. You know, he he may possess enough power to head up to middleweight or excuse me, light heavyweight rather. Um, but definitely for the for the interim super middleweight, I think it belongs to both these uh, both these two fighters right here. Um, they bring a tremendous amount to the table and uh, have been very impressive um, in the fights that I've seen them in. Let me know what you guys think about those two fighters right there because they're still relatively young, still uh, still up and coming, but. Um, I think they definitely bring some uh, some excitement to the uh, super middleweight division. So since I'm running a little short on time, I'm going to jump around to the heavyweight division. Um, as you guys probably know, uh, this is probably the most exciting time um, since definitely before the Klitschko era um, for the heavyweights. And, and definitely that's not a knock on uh, Vladimir Klitschko. Um, the man did what he did with what he had, and uh, he did it well. Um, he was boring at times, I, I will say that, but he, he was a beast in his own right. And for those of you that remember when he was younger, um, the guy was phenomenal. And then, of course, his brother, uh, Vitaly, uh, you know, he, he was phenomenal in his own right during his uh, shorter uh, reign as a heavyweight champion, as a heavyweight. 
Um, we all remember his fight with Lennox Lewis, Lewis which was uh, which was epic. Um, however, right now we are in an interesting stage for the heavyweight division. And that being said, we had basically two, four top fighters in the heavyweight division. Um, and I'm not counting Tyson Fury. At the time we had at, at the time that I'm talking about, you had Deontay Wilder from the U.S., Joshua from. Uh, from England, um, you had Ortiz from Cuba, and you had uh, Joseph Parker from New Zealand. Now, those have been whittled down to two, which we expected. Um, you know, Parker to lose, and we kind of, I kind of expected. I was, I thought maybe Ortiz had a chance to beat Wilder, but that didn't happen. And now we have Wilder and Joshua, and that's not a disrespect at all to uh, to both Parker and Ortiz. Parker fought a hell of a fight, and that man has a uh, outstanding jab. I didn't, I didn't expect him to bring that to the table. He, fundamentally sound fighter right there if you haven't seen him fight definitely take a look at him um, i think he'll be around for a little while and uh he definitely should should be a champion again one day if uh if these titles get vacated or, or whatever happens if it gets fractured and, and the titles go all over the place i think he's definitely one to, to be counted in uh to take up a title again uh or to claim a title rather Luis Ortiz, great fight against Deontay Wilder. Got clipped, didn't recover, got clipped again, and it was it was done at that point. But up until that point, I think he was giving Deontay a lot of problems, and uh, I think we all knew what skill set he brought to the table. And he didn't he didn't disappoint. He uh, he definitely brought some exciting stuff. Um, just wasn't good enough that night. With that being said, um, now you have Wilder waiting for Joshua, or vice versa, Joshua waiting for Wilder. Supposedly, um, Eddie Hearn, who's uh, Wilder's promoter excuse me, who is Joshua's promoter, uh, sent a contract to Joshua and we're waiting on this to, uh, waiting this to come to fruition. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that fight, potentially? Um, because I think that would be very exciting to see. But I will say this. Personally, I think Joshua brings a little bit more to the table. Um, I think he's fought a little bit more competition, a little better competition, rather. And I think his skills might be that much better right now. Um, because Deontay has not fought um, the same caliber, in my opinion, um, I don't know how he would do against Joshua. Um, we saw Joshua, you know, face adversity against Klitschko um, and get up. We saw him have a rough time with Dylan White and, and power through. Um, to be honest with you, Wilder's hardest fight, I would say, was was Luis Ortiz. Um, he passed the test very well, but I'll be honest with you. I mean, Luis, you know, Joshua is not Luis Ortiz. Um, he's definitely bigger. He looks more powerful, and he looks longer, and he looks like he's got an even more impressive skill set than um, than Luis Ortiz. And there's a difference. I'm sure you guys can figure it out. I mean, there's a difference when you're punching down against somebody, vice punching parallel to them. I mean, you can generate more power if you're the taller person and you have power, obviously. You can generate even more power by kind of bringing your punches down, in, in my belief. Let me know what you guys think about that. It's going to be a lot different when he's fighting straight across and, and uh, to somebody that's the same size as him. I think that's going to be a little little different. That's something we haven't seen from Wilder yet, him fighting a big body like that. I mean, we at least saw that with Klitschko, with Joshua. We at least saw that with Parker, with Joshua. Um <laughs> Wilder, you know, he, you know, his big name besides uh, Ortiz has been a shorter Areola, who was uh, who was in bad shape, and a shorter uh, Stavern, who was definitely not ready for that second fight. So it, it's very hard for me to say that Deontay Wilder will, will be able to beat Joshua. Right now, I don't see it. Here's another thing, too. Um, something that always intrigued me about Wilder, this man is 6'8", I believe 6'8". Um, 
202 pounds or 212 pounds, let's say. Um, either way, very light for that that frame. Um, and yet he's in phenomenal shape. He's he's you know athletically gifted, physically gifted. But how is that going to withstand going up against somebody that's a natural? You know, six eight, two fifty five, two sixty. Um, you know, that carries that much, that much weight and power to the, to the table. Um, I don't know for me, I don't, I don't foresee it. Um, I don't foresee it going favorably for, for Wilder. Um, matter of fact, there's an interesting article out there today. Um, or I, I'm sorry, I think it came out two days ago, um, where Wilder's talking about, um, clearing out the heavyweight division, unifying the titles, and then moving down to cruiserweight. Maybe that's a sign of something to come, you know, if he can't clear out the titles. Because he, you know, he may be dominant at cruiserweight even more so than he is at heavyweight, being that he's so light. And depending on how much trouble he has with a bigger, same-sized heavyweight, bigger, thicker heavyweight, um, maybe maybe that's a sign of something to come. Especially if we're waiting in the wings for Joshua too long. Here's another thing. I personally don't think that the Joshua fight with Wilder will happen. Why? Because once you clear these two out and you have that one dominant champion, um, everybody else has been beaten in the heavyweight division. There's not really a pool of talent below these guys except for people that they've already fought. Um, Yes, Wilder can go out and let's say he loses against Joshua. Sure, he can go out and fight Parker. Um, Ortiz can fight Joshua. Um, There's the Andy Ruiz's of the world. Um, Baby Mil- Baby Miller, you know, they can maybe fight who I wasn't too impressed with his last fight. Um, yeah, it's going to be slim pickings, I think, in the heavyweight division at that point. So it may be, yes, financially beneficial to keep these guys separated, but it may also be better for the heavyweight division to keep these guys separated because that way you have two heavyweights and the intrigue of them fighting that may never happen will keep people coming to the gate. Um, while they keep fighting everybody else besides themselves, uh, besides each other, rather. So that's kind of where I am right now. I'd love to see it happen. If it happens, I'll, definitely you're in for an exciting fight. Um, I'm highly doubtful it will happen, but we'll see. Uh, the other one, Tyson Fury, um, who's never short on compliments for other fighters and never short on opinion, uh, is making his return back to the ring on June 9th. He'll be taking on a former cruiserweight, Sefer Safari, um, who I've never really heard of before. Um, I'm expected, I'm sure Fury, rather, is expected to win that fight. Um, there should be no reasons. If he loses that fight, maybe his, uh, his comeback was ill-thought and he needs to go back to the couch or whatever he was doing. Um, prior to training for this fight. Um, Is he the X factor for the heavyweight division? I personally don't know. Um, Yes. Did he beat Klitschko? Yes. Um, Was he impressive in doing it? Yes. But at that point, Klitschko didn't really come to, you know, he didn't really come to the ring with a mean streak like he didn't for the previous 10 fights. Um, So he just was content with jabbing and holding and, and Fury was able to exploit that and beat him you know, beat him uh, fair and square. Um, the Klitschko that showed up against uh, Joshua, I think Klitschko would have beat him that night nine times out of ten. Um, so 
the jury is not out on Fury, in my opinion. Um, while he can sit back and and you know talk the game, and and he's he's gifted at that. Um, I really do not see him posing a threat to Fury. Um, do I see him posing a threat against Wilder? I don't think so. But it would still be intriguing to see. Um, it would be intriguing to see. It'd be intriguing for England if those two could ever get together. Uh, that is Wilder and, or excuse me, Joshua and Fury. I think that would be a, a big time money maker for uh, for that country. Um, I think if somehow, some way, Fury makes an impression quickly in the in the heavyweight division. Um, let's say he knocks this guy out and it goes. And fight somebody else, um, maybe a bigger name, maybe like a Dylan White or something like that, and make short work of him. Um, then, yeah, of course we got to f- factor him in, um, and, and giving the guy the the respect that's due. I mean, he was the uh, you know the unified heavyweight champ. Um, so yeah, I think then for sure Wilder would be smart to jump on board with him. And uh, I think that would get him closer. In some ways, I think that would get him closer to a fight with Joshua by beating, a, you know, by beating a, a fellow countryman in, in Fury. Um, I think that would that would kind of force, you know, Eddie Hearn's fan, you know, Eddie Hearn's hand to make that fight happen. Um, but I, I, you know, Fury's another guy, though, I, I, another fighter that I don't know. We don't know how good he really is. You know, he's good at running his mouth. He's good at hyping himself up. Um, again, his claim to fame is Klitschko. Um, as as Joshua proved, you know Klitschko. I mean Klitschko was old at the time. He wasn't aggressive, but again, with all due respect to Klitschko, I think if that Vladimir Klitschko showed up the night that he lost to uh, to Joshua, it would have been diff- a different result with Fury. And I think Fury would have had an L on his record right now. Um, so again, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to come through with Fury as far as, um, if he's going to be able to be a dominant force in the heavyweight division, was he ever a dominant force in the heavyweight division? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you know, he, he was able to get himself up there, highly ranked, got a shot at Klitschko when he was given a shot, he, he proved what he could do. I mean, he, he, he did what he came to do and he beat, he beat the champ. Um, but as far as him being a gatekeeper and these kids needing to come through him, uh, he might not want to wish them to come through him because uh, it could be a bad day for him. But we'll see how he looks. We'll see how he looks June 9th um, and see if he uh, he possesses some phenomenal skill that makes me think otherwise. But I'm not really too sure. Let, let me know what you guys think about that, if you're paying attention to the heavyweight division. I know I know it's hit or miss with a lot of fans. Um, the heavyweight division's still kind of rocky as far as popularity. But I think right now it definitely it would be good to take a look at heavyweight division and kind of pay attention to it because there is some excitement that that could come about how long it lasts don't know um how many potential contenders there are don't know all right guys well let's take a look at some upcoming fights um so june 9th we have leo santa cruz taking on abnamarez two on the undercard of that fight you have jermel charlo versus austin trout which should be pretty good um i think as i mentioned earlier in the podcast uh the brother jermel jermal Charlo took on Austin Trout and went to decision. It went to the distance, and it was a very close decision, by the way. Good fight to watch. Kind of shows you what um, what Charlo brings to the table. Um, definitely, definitely interesting. Um, same day, Jeff Horn's taking on Bud Crawford. Um, that should be good. Um, oh, let me go back real quick here. The Leo Santa Cruz fight looks like it's going to be on Showtime, and the Jeff Horn uh, Crawford fight will be on ESPN. Then on June sixteenth. Looks like we have Earl Spence um, taking on Carlos Ocampo. On the undercard of that fight, you have De- Devin Alexander versus Andre Berto. So some good cards to hold us over for the next couple weeks. I hope you guys enjoy. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, actually listening to me talk. 
Um, I look forward to any suggestions you guys have. And don't forget, you can email the podcast at baddestboxingpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at hashtag boxingpodcast1 and also on Instagram at baddestboxingpodcast. Thanks, guys. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the baddest boxing podcast on the planet. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter for future episodes and updates.